Hey, good evening, guys. So this is going to be our last Tuesday night together, at least looking at the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys have enjoyed doing this on Tuesday nights? Would you guys like other mini-studies going? Yeah, I got a bunch that I would love to do, so we might take a week or two off, but we'll do another one soon. Um, but tonight we're going to get back into our study on the Holy Spirit, and I want to pick it back up. I know we looked at Luke 11 last week, so if you guys want to turn there in your Bibles, because again, we see the importance of us individually coming and asking of the Lord for his Spirit to be at work in and through us. And I don't know if you guys ever ask the Holy Spirit personally, hey, what do you want? Because <laughs> one of the things he does uh, as we're told in the scriptures, is he actually guides us. And there's a lot of times I wake up in the morning and I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, what do you got today? Like, what do you want? Um, and we all have different things. We have work, we got families, we got responsibilities. And I want you guys to understand, again, you are the temple of the living, of, living God. And wherever we go as believers, we are the fragrance of Christ, we're told. And that's because the Spirit of God lives within us. And a lot of times we have this idea of we as Christians, we have these Christians who do the ministry stuff, the holy things. Right now, gathering together at church, this would be a, a special holy thing that we're doing. But most of my week is spent in the secular well, whether you guys like it or not, that is holy wherever you go because God is with you. So whatever job you're at, God has ordained that. You are there for a purpose. You are to bring Christ, his light, into that place to infuse, really, the fragrance of Christ in those places. And I think a lot of the body of Christ missed that reality. But that's what we're called to. So... Tonight we're going to be looking, uh, I want to finish through, I was really hoping, how, anybody need a sheet? We've been going through, working through this. My plan was actually to do this entire thing on our first night together. Um, <laughs> but you guys get chatty. Uh, if anybody needs a sheet, anybody need a sheet? You guys all have them still? All right. There you go, Finn. But I want to look uh, here, if you jump down, we looked and considered the ask, seek, and knocking. Again, it's the continual in the Greek. We've got to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And that's something we do uh, with the Holy Spirit and the gifts, which we're going to get into a little bit tonight. How many of you guys know that you have gifts from the Lord? I hope you know that. Okay, there are not exhaustive lists in the scriptures, but there's things God has given to us, but we also need to cultivate those gifts, okay? Like my daughter sitting in the front row here, she played softball for the first time last year, okay? She went from very clueless <laughs> to probably the most improved player on the team by the end of the season, but you know there was a whole lot of practice and time given to that to cultivate those gifts gifts. And that's the same thing with the gifts that God's given us. Sometimes we just think, well, God, if you're going to do it, you'll just do it. It'll just happen. Well, if he gives us a gift, we got to steward that gift. We got to grow in those gifts. One of the things God's called me to do is teach. Well, if you guys heard me 20 years ago teaching, <laughs> we'd be doing a lot of laughing together. <laughs> okay? It's something I've taken serious and I've grown and I've read dozens of books on preaching. 
I want to grow. I want to learn. I've written a whole lot of sermons that I never preached in ways of preparation. Before I ever even preached my first study in the book of Ephesians, I had written dozens of sermons before that ever happened. And there's things that God will call us to and gift us in, and we got to steward those giftings. So whatever your part is, you need to work on those things. So let's look at verse 13. He talks about these fathers who are evil. If they know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will the heavenly, our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And there's times where we just need to ask of him, Lord, I need your help. I need you. I need your spirit. And whatever he asks us to do, he'll enable you to do it. Okay? And it takes faith, doesn't it? How many of you guys have been saved by faith through grace? Or by grace through faith, right? Okay? I want you guys to catch, I'm getting way ahead of myself. <laughs> when it comes to the Holy Spirit and the gifts that God's given us in the Spirit, okay, that's a faith thing also. You guys understand that? Often we look at grace as just being that thing that Jesus did for us on the cross, that thing in which we are saved by, that we can be forgiven by God. But you guys know that he wants to empower us by his Spirit. We are born again of the Spirit, and there should be supernatural things happening. Do you guys read the testimonies and the scriptures over and over again? We see men and women of God, the supernaturals taking place in their life. You know that's not them. God is at work in and through them. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I believe God would have for us in every place. Not just when we meet at church. Where are we at? I think about the reality of Daniel. You guys recall him and how he was enslaved and he was among a bunch of pagan people who didn't believe and God gave him opportunity to speak and do and to serve in ways others couldn't. And what made him different from everybody else in the kingdom? He had a relationship with the living God. Something supernatural was going on in his life That's why he had the wisdom, the insight to, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's needed. And I think God would have that for all of us, no matter where we live, no matter what we're doing. God wants to use us. So I'm hoping tonight that we can get stirred up in these last few scriptures we're going to consider together. So let's go over to uh, chapter 4 of Acts. And I think this is where we left off last week. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is where we were. Acts chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 29. And again, we saw that Pentecost took place there in chapter 2. Jesus promised in chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit would come upon them to be witnesses, right? To empower them to be witnesses. That's a supernatural thing sharing with somebody when I got baptized in the spirit you know what started happening when I shared Jesus with people they started responding I used to share about Jesus nothing happened you know people are looking at me like what what are you talking about you know so there there is that endowment of power okay uh, that comes upon people what I want to look at here with you guys is we'll pick it up in verse 29 we read 31 before but right before that it says now Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. 
and that signs and wonders would be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then they all prayed. The place where they were assembled was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Do you guys know that God wants us to be fruitful and to multiply? Right? How many of you guys want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, when it's all said and done? Yeah, we love that verse. Does anybody in the room know what's the scripture right after that verse? Nope, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I don't have many gifts. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. And then he calls out those who are lazy, and he calls them wicked. God has given us things, not to throw them in our backpack and, ah, maybe I'll pull it out someday. <laughs> no, God has called us to things. He wants us to be fruitful and to multiply. That's what he wants us to do in this life. Okay? Nowhere in the Bible it says that we have to go and be nice to people. Well, I shouldn't say that. We're supposed to be nice. But that's not what we're rewarded for. That's not what we're called to. It's not to bring joy. It's not this or that. God says be fruitful and multiply. And right here, guys, we see throughout the book of Acts when the church preached the word of God, when the word went forth, the church grew, okay? And this wasn't on a Sunday morning. You guys know that church, the way it looks today, was not what church looked like during the early days, okay? They were going out and they were sharing the gospel wherever they were at. They were sharing the word of God with people. I mean, think about it. If every Christian upon the planet would actually share the word with somebody else, how many people would be getting saved? How many disciples would be being made? And what would those disciples do? Well, this is what this guy or this gal did. They shared Jesus with me, told me the good news. I'm going to do the same thing, and they're going to go do the same thing. Do you guys think a revival would happen pretty quick? And what do we see here in the scripture? That's exactly what they were praying for. Give us boldness to speak. And it's not when I'm just at a church meeting on a Tuesday night and I get to teach a Bible study. No, we get to share the word of God wherever we are. So let's jump all the way over to chapter 19. And the cool thing is the Holy Spirit does this supernaturally, you know. Who am I to speak? You guys remember Moses? We've been going through the book of Exodus. Wasn't he tripping out? You know, I can't speak. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason God chose him. <laughs> You're the man. I'm going to speak through you to many. Um, just, yeah, just allow God to work in and through you. Let's look at verse 6. We already looked at verse 5. In verse or chapter 19, and when Paul had laid their hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So we see here the laying on of hands, okay? You guys ever pray for somebody and you lay your hand upon them? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever prayed for somebody and you lay your hand on them and you just sense the Holy Spirit? Like, whoa, the Spirit of God just fell. <laughs> this is pretty cool. <laughs> I think that's what's happening here. And this is something that we should do. A lot of times when we pray for people, we'll lay hands on them. Okay? When we ordain somebody for ministry or we send them off, we'll lay hands 
on them. Let's jump over to the Gospel of John. I love what Jesus has to tell us here in chapter 7. Because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, something radical is going to happen in our lives. Did we get to this verse last week? John 7, good. Because this is a beautiful promise that God has given to us as his kids, and this is all coming around the working of his Holy Spirit in our lives, guys. Look at what Jesus has to say in verse 37. He says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he cried out saying, if anyone thirsts." So this is a conditional promise, right? There's an if here. He's not just saying, hey, this is just going to happen. No, if anyone thirsts. We can sit through a great study and look at a lot of scriptures about Holy Spirit truth. But it's a whole other thing of saying, yeah, I desire this in my life. I want more of you, God. I want to see more of you. Okay? And when we do that, there's going to be a sweet brokenness in our life. Okay? There's going to be a humility there. And you guys know that God gives grace to the humble? Okay, and again, it's not just that saving grace. He's also going to give us that grace to empower us to do all the things that he calls us to. So Jesus goes on to say, hey, if you thirst, let him come to me and drink. This is the source. It is Christ himself. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, it says out of our heart will flow rivers of living waters. And but, but He spoke this concerning what? The Spirit, right? Who those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But we know he has been glorified. He did die for our sins. He was buried. He did rise again from the dead. And that same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit at work, is working in us. That's pretty cool. There's some resurrection power that God has given to us in his spirit. So it's one of those things, do we thirst? Do we thirst? And sometimes there needs to be something in our life that brings us to that point of thirsting because it's very easy to get comfortable, even within the church. It's easy for us just to go through the motions and just say, things are comfortable, things are good, but you know all of us are going to go through ups and downs in life, okay? And some of those seasons might be a while, you know, we want a quick fist, fix. We want this done now. Well, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And there's sometimes we find that strength in the Spirit of God while we're waiting on something. I think about those who get sidelined because of cancer for a season. Man, a good part of my life has been taken, been put on the shelf because of this illness, or a divorce wrecked their life. You know, I was committed. I was all in. I am hurt. I don't know if I ever can bounce back from this. You guys know that even in the hard stuff in life that God still can be working in and through us? Absolutely. But we need to thirst. And sometimes people need to be broken and go through hard stuff. I'm not saying God makes cancer happen for people and makes people divorce each other. But he allows things in our lives. We live in a fallen world, and he even takes the hard things in life 
and work them out for good. That sounds like another promise somewhere, right? Romans 8, 28. But that's what he's promised. And again, Romans 8 is what? All about the working of God's spirit in our life, the spirit-filled life. And there are things to be had and things that God will do even when we go through very hard things in life. It is good. I'd ask you guys to pray. I talked with my sister this afternoon. Um, Her husband thought she was dead the other day. She dropped on the floor, okay, just out. He's yelling at her, (laughs) trying to get her up. And he's been going through some stuff like crazy. He's a pastor out in Bozeman, Montana and stuff. He's been a pretty healthy guy, very athletic guy. He uh, tore something with his Achilles tendon there, and he's on months and months and months. They can't fix it. It's septic, okay? Meds aren't working. He's still got a hole there. He can't even do rehab because it's not healing. But as I'm talking to my sister, and she's been going through a lot just for years, just a lot going on with their family. They love Jesus. But there are things that we go through in life where God is able to teach us new things that we probably wouldn't have learned otherwise unless we went through those things. And part of it is like, oh, this really sucks. This is not fair. This is scary. This has been hard on our family. Not just for months. We're going on years of a lot of hard stuff. God can work in and through that. And again, we're told that the grace of God will suffice. Isn't that what God told the Apostle Paul? I can't do this. I got a thorn in my flesh. Well, Paul, my grace, that's going to suffice. And again, guys, it's not just the saving grace. It's that powerful grace also, which is also accessed by faith. God, are you going to do this? Even when I think I can't go on, I can't get through the circumstance. There's a faith element that God asks of us. And I think it comes back around this thirsting for him. Because when we're thirsting for him, he has promised his spirit, and out of our hearts will come torrents of living waters. And that's a beautiful thing, guys. Because again, that's a supernatural thing. That's not of us. There's some people I meet, oh, you're always smiling. I don't always feel like I'm smiling. But I think there's just the joy of the Lord that we have as believers. People are going to see things that are different in our lives, even if we're crazy, depressed, and, you know. They're just like, hey, what's going on there? Well, you know what? I'm still thirsting for the Lord. And I guess there's an overflow going on. Still touching lives even though I might not feel it, okay? But this is what God's promised, and he is faithful to his word, despite our feelings. Isn't that really cool? I think it is. All right, let's go to chapter 12 of Corinthians. We've got to cruise through these a little bit because I have... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 and on. You guys have recently been here. Pastor Lance hit on this a little bit on Sunday during communion. But we're going to pick it up in verse 4 here. Concerning the gifts of the Spirit, there are diversities of them, but it's all the same Spirit, okay? And there are differences in ministries, but it's all the same Lord. And there are diversities in activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Do you guys get that? 
Sometimes we think, oh, you know, I want to be spiritual like they are. I want to have the gifts they have. No, we all have our parts, okay? And it's just foolishness to say, hey, I want that part, you know? If I'm called to be a pinky, I need to be a pinky, okay? My finger can't see nothing. They're not eyeballs. I'm not called to, you know? (laughs) And there's different parts, okay? And I don't know about you guys, but a pinky is very important when you're holding your coffee, so... (laughs) We all got to be doing our parts, no matter what it is. And I love how Paul lays this out. He says in verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit to each one is for the profit of all. So no matter what your gift is, it is needed and it is profitable for all, right? For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to the other prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I think a lot of what is missed today in having impact upon this world for the glory of Jesus Christ is we're not doing our gifts. We're wanting to do what they're doing. Where God just says, no, this is what I'm asking you to do. These are the gifts I've given you. Grow in these gifts. Use those gifts. Be faithful. What if the church would just do what they're called to do? Because God is... The one in charge, he's the boss, he's calling the shots. You do this, you do that, you over here, you go there. (laughs) Okay, I'm doing my part. That would be beautiful. But how many guys would say it's probably fair that we'd be lucky if 5% of believers are actually doing what they're called to do in life? Maybe that's a harsh judgment, but I counsel a lot of people. A lot of people, most of my counseling says, I know God wants me to, but... There's always the buts, okay? I know God's called me. Great. Or I missed the opportunity. Did you? Sometimes we get so stuck on what we missed, we miss what God's put right before us right now. I've done that in the past. I'm tripping on this over here. And how many other opportunities came up along the way, but I'm I'm missing them because I'm still looking back there, right? So let's keep in tune with the spirit. Spirit. Um, let's read on. Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all members of that one body, being many, are one, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, we're told, all were baptized into one body. That's the church. Whether you're a Jew or you're a Greek, you're slave or free, all have been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And then he goes on to talk about the different body parts trying to be something else. We know that is foolishness. But if you guys go down to verse 21, I think he hits it on the head here. He says, then I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Again, guys, we need to esteem one another he actually talks about the weaker vessels are necessary, okay? They're necessary, and we should praise that, okay? Be thankful for that. 
And then jump all the way down to verse 31 because it says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And we have recently camped on that quite a bit uh, here on Sunday mornings at Freedom. But it's one of those things, do we desire, earnestly desire the best gifts? Okay, Are you in a place? Because God is faithful. Okay, He will give more. That's a truth. We see that in Scripture. Okay, If you're faithful in this, <laughs> I'll give you more. And I'll give you more. And it's one of those things, are we being faithful with what he set before us right now? So... Let's go on. I show you a more excellent way. And what's that more excellent way, guys? It is love. And that's what we read about when we get to Galatians chapter 5. We read of the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22 and on. And I love what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay? And then all these things come around love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. But again, these are spiritual things, aren't they? We need God's help because in the flesh, these things don't happen. They can't happen. These are supernatural things that God wants to work in us and through us. And I don't know about you guys, but don't you want to be, ha- be in a place where you're having overflow, torrents of living water that's just gushing out on other people? You know, I just love being around you. You know, peace, <laughs> joy. Love, this is different love than I know. It's not conditional. It's not I give, you take. I just love you. That's what the Lord wants, okay? And that's what happens when we're in that sweet spot with the Lord that we're receiving that grace and there can be an overflow into the lives of others. But the problem is we get very selfish, don't we? I want this. And I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> care about anything else until I get this. And we are that way. We're consumers, aren't we? And it's just crazy. We're talking so much right now. Are we going to fall into a recession? Guys, I really don't care. You know, like, hey, be wise, be good stewards, but trust in God. That's what the Bible says. He's promised to take care of us. And if a recession happens, you know what? There's going to be a lot more people who are going to be broken and open to Jesus Christ. I'm kind of excited about that. Okay. Anyways, totally sidetracked. What were we just talking about? Oh, loving. Fruit of the Spirit, right? Okay. That really comes with surrender. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians. We touched on chapter 14 a couple weeks ago. We will be there again this Sunday morning, which I'm really excited, Lord willing, to get through the whole chapter with you guys. We'll finish it up. Uh, But we looked at the first few verses, and it spoke about tongues there, the first four verses. But I want to jump down to verse 18. If you guys recall, this is the last thing we looked at. And it said, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all, yet in the church I would rather speak five words of understanding that it may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So there is something that is, you know, God has given to us to teach others. And that's something I think that we can take wherever we go. Because if the Spirit of God is in us, okay, God's going to give us insight. He's going to give us clarity. He's going to give us wisdom. So I think about my wife. She gets to spend a lot of time in public schools, 
okay? She just got done with a long-term sub job, you know, and they blessed her with a cool plant and, you know, some goodies and a card, you know, but it was so cool because in the thank you card from the English department, man, all the descriptive words that these English teachers like to use, man, that describes a Christian. Wow. She was just there for two and a half months and had that kind of influence, what things might come of that? What fruit might come from that? I don't know. But that's the reality, guys. Wherever we are, we get to influence people. But we have to be in that place of being yielded to the Spirit to do that. Because I know one thing that Sunny and even our family daily, we just prayed for those opportunities for her in the school to be light, to be that salt. You guys pray for those opportunities. I know my wife daily was praying, like, Lord, which kids? Who would you have me to minister to, to serve, to love? What opportunities might you have? You know, I'm butting heads with this teacher because they don't like you, but I know you love them. God uses all of that. Daily seeking the Lord. Lord, use me. Okay, so wherever you're at, be open to how God might use you in that way. Jump down to verse 32. It says, In the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches. And the reason I highlight that, because as we get through, and we'll study this more in depth, but when it comes to things of the spirit of God, okay, I would say 90% of the gifts God's given us are not for the church. They're for the church to use them out there. Have you guys read the same book I'm reading? What God gives us, guys, it's for the world. And God's going to use us, his church, to do these things. And we see here that whatever God gives, he's speaking about the prophets here, but they're subject to the prophets. You guys know that these gifts, God does force us. Like a person who speaks in tongues. I've had some people, I just can't help myself. Well, that's first of all, that's unbiblical. If you say you can't help yourself from speaking in tongues, it's not actually what the Bible teaches. And I actually have that gift. I can turn it off and on whenever I want. Why? Because that's what the Bible teaches. And guess what? That's actually how it works. Okay? So when God gives us gifts, guys, it's on us. Are we going to choose to use them or not? That's what it comes down to. They're subject to us, but I don't know about you. If God's deemed us to have a gift, well, we better use that gift, right? Whatever you want, Lord, and be open to what he would have. Look at verse 40, and he says, let all things be done decently and in order. So when it comes to things of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, they're to be done but they need to be done decently and in order. And we find that order in the scriptures. And aren't you guys glad that they're there? There shouldn't be confusion when it comes to these things. God has made it very clear for us. He's not a God of confusion. This is how it's to be done. And again, we've seen abuses, you know, in the church one way or another. To the extremes, there are no gifts. To the extremes, we're going to abuse the gifts. Well, how about we just read the Bible and see what God says? Oh, that makes sense. Okay, um, <clears throat> let's uh, look at chapter 16 of John. We only got two more verses on this um, <clears throat> sheet here that was for week one. <laughs> um, 
And then I want to take a little bit of time to do some Q&A. But the last two scriptures are two of my favorites when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Again, if you want to really come around some good teaching and clarity on our helper, the Holy Spirit, read through John 14. 15's the abiding in him, which is really key for us to actually be in tune with the Spirit. And then chapter 16 really comes around really the outworking of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives and also uh, in the world. But we're told in verse 14 what the Holy Spirit does. He says, he will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. And Jesus says, all things that are the Father, or <clears throat> that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So it's one of these things, the Holy Spirit's going to make those things known. You guys want to see more of who God is? I do. Do you have a hunger for more of him? Do you want more of him? Yeah, he wants that for us. He's a big God, okay? We should be growing in him. We should be seeing more of him. And one of those things, guys, the gifts aren't necessarily for ourselves, you know? We look at the gift of tongues, you'll edify yourself, but there are dozens and dozens and dozens of other gifts, and what do those do? They edify, they build up others, okay? They're not just for us. They're to be shared. So I want to encourage you guys when it comes to the working of the Holy Spirit to be in that place of, hey, whatever's going to glorify you, Jesus, that's what I want to be about. That's what I want to be doing. And here it says that he's going to take, the Holy Spirit will actually make known uh, what he has and he will declare it to us. Which brings us to the Old Testament, near the end of the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. How many of you guys know this one by heart? Yeah, it's a good one. I guys give you a minute to find it. It's on page eight hundred and twelve. If you have my Bible. <laughs> All right. Love it. He says here. So he answered and he said to me, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Wow. I mean, we, what do we look for? Man, <laughs> who's, got, who's got the might? Who's got the power? They're the ones that are going to succeed. And God says, nope, <laughs> it's not those things. It's by my spirit. That is what's needed. Well, they're really big. <laughs> they can do a lot of things. <laughs> Not by might, but by my spirit. And that's the thing that's beautiful. That is one thing that we should have on our radar as we study the scriptures because we see great feats by different men and women of faith. How did that happen? How did they pull that off? Gideon with a few, you took on how many in what? Not by might, <laughs> nor by power, but my, my spirit. Spirit. And that's the key. We got a lot of people who are power hungry and they want to abuse the Spirit to get power. That's a perverse thing that we see God call people out on in scriptures. That's not what it's about. Because the Spirit led life, guys, it's all going to be what? About Jesus. It's going to point 
us to him. We're going to learn of him. And in that, guys, we're going to learn by his example. And let me tell you what, Jesus is pretty cool, right? He didn't have a whole lot of wealth while he was here on planet Earth. He didn't even have a home. You guys ever think about that? Look what he did, just being submitted to the Father. He emptied himself. Father, what do you want? And he loved well. He served well. And what he did, I mean, this world's been turned upside down, radically changed. Even by people who don't believe in him, their lives have been touched by him. So what I want to do in our closing time together is do some Q&A. And as we take some questions, I'm going to have Shalom hand out one more sheet to you guys. And we might take a read through that if you guys don't have many questions. But if not, you can take it home and read on your own. It's just a, a list of 33 things that the Holy Spirit does for us, different things he does. Uh, we hit probably half the scriptures in the last few weeks, but this is small. You can tuck it in your Bible and just be reminded that, hey, he's going to help me. <laughs> he's going to get me where I need to go. Like these are promises in the Bible. So I hope that you guys will spend time. And more than anything, my prayer as we've been going through this study is that we become more acquainted with him because our relationship with God really is through the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's him that we have this communion and we work with. So we've taken a lot in over the last few weeks. Uh, any questions pertaining to the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does? Any questions around the different passages we've gone through? You guys are so well taught. You just know it all, don't you? <laughs> yep. And that's the thing, guys. We can be very well taught, and we still have a disconnect from the doing of it. Because we can be hearers, James one twenty two of the word of God, but never a doer of it. And if the Bible talks about us having this type of relationship with him, and his Holy Spirit in us, and working through us in such a way, we need to be open to that and sometimes people don't even know the gifts they have or what God's wanting to do because they never step out they never experience God do anything so we definitely want to be in a place where we can be stirred up in such ways and that's why it's so good for believers to get together to pray together to take Tuesday nights and hey let's just consider what God might have what he wants to do um, so any questions you guys want to run through the list real quick all right, let's look at the list. All right, different things the Holy Spirit does in us. Romans 8.26, we already looked at. He helps us. He guides us in John 16.13. He teaches us. Okay, I don't know about you guys. How many of you had a hard time in school growing up? Oh, that's where I get it from. <laughs> My dad's like, yeah. Sorry, kids. You see, if you're having a hard time, it's really grandpa. <laughs> he also speaks to us. How many guys, you know, pray when you open up your uh, Bibles in the morning or whenever you do your devotions, like, hey, give me ears to hear what your spirit would speak to me today through your word. Do you pray that? I know you guys have heard me pray that often on Sunday mornings. That's a regular prayer. But that's something we see 
You know, in Revelation, as Jesus wrote those letters to the churches, his word is going out, and there it was, hey, those who have ears to hear, do we actually hear what God is saying? We also know that he reveals things to us, 1 Corinthians 2.10. We should have insight as believers. Okay, this morning I was with a group of pastors. We had an agenda. We were praying in a certain way. God wanted something a little different. His spirit led us in a different direction. Praise God. You wanted us to be praying into that. And I think that's needed. We need to be sensitive to his spirit and his leading in that way. He also will instruct us which I'm very thankful for. He testifies of Jesus, okay? And I don't know about you, but the world needs Jesus, right? So he does that how? Well, we read that he convicts the world, okay? But he also will speak to the world through his church, okay? Do you guys know that we are to be a pillar of truth in society? And if we're not rightly instructed by him, what kind of foundation is the church going to be for the world? I don't know. I got a church buddy, Methodist Church. They're splitting right now from the United Methodists. Okay, things have gotten really goofy. They're not standing upon the word of God anymore. They perverted Jesus' words. <laughs> you know, it's just crazy. And we as the church need to be a pillar of truth. <laughs> Well, we're going to be that. Well, we have to stand in the truth, and we need to be sensitive to the spirit of God, okay? He calls us. He fills us. He strengthens us. Isn't that pretty cool to think about? You guys ever weak? I just can't make it today. I don't know. How is this going to happen? I love, I love being energized by the Holy Spirit. I love it. There's times where I'm just wiped, you know, and God just say, I want you to do this. I can't. <laughs> Go, son. Okay. And then you show up, and you guys ever have that happen? It's just like supernatural energy. Like, where did this come from? Okay. That's, that's what he does. He also will um, strengthen us. He prays for us. He prophesies through us. You guys ever had some insight, like a word of knowledge or just something from the Lord where somebody starts tripping out like, how'd you know that? Like, are you reading my mind? No, but I know the one who is, <laughs> you know. He knows what's going on. Um, yeah, sharing the word of God. He also will, um, he bears witness of the truth. In Romans 9.1, he brings joy, First Thessalonians one six, isn't there just joy in the spirit? Okay, isn't there times when we get together with other believers and there's just a joy there? Okay, I think about times that we get together for church. You know, I have so many people say this is my favorite time of the entire week. You know, I don't know. You guys go to Freedom Fellowship. We're not the most entertaining church around. Okay, <laughs> but there is something in the spirit. Okay, there, there's a love, there's a joy in just being around brothers and sisters, just simply gathering around and worshiping his name, simply opening his word and just simply studying through it. There's a joy to be had, and that's a spiritual thing. I see the church today, it gets 
gets into this emotional hype. Have you guys been in a church where it's like <laughs> they have a hype man or two or three? When I was in California, they had four hype men before the sermon has come out just to get everybody emotionally charged. And I'm sitting there, my eyes just grieved. I'm like, are you serious? You got to play on people's emotions, you know, to have an experience. I don't know about you guys. God is God, you know. Truth is truth whether I feel it or not. Worship we're called to whether I feel like I'm in the mood to worship or not. I pray just to make it today. (laughs) We just got to do what God calls us to do whether we feel it or not. Okay, I'm not against experiences. I feel like when we do have relationship with them, there will be feelings. There will be experiences. But if they're not happening, it doesn't mean nothing's happening. You guys understand what I'm saying? So, anyways. Um, why do you guys get so sidetracked? All right. Also, <laughs> I heard MC Hammer's a preacher now. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to YouTube him tonight, see what he's preaching on. (laughs) I'm going to laugh if he's wearing hammer pants in the pulpit. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, he brings freedom, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, we should call our church Freedom Fellowship. Oh, wait. (laughs) Isn't that kind of cool? You know, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's really what God wants. And that's my heart for you, my brothers and sisters. I want you guys to be the freest people upon the planet. Just to do what God is calling you to do. You know? Because a lot of times it's really easy. It's just like, hey, we're all doing the same thing. We all look the same. We all have the exact same disciplines. You know? And that's what a lot of people want. Something really rigid. Our flesh likes that. Just give me the rules, okay? Set my boundaries up, you know? Well, you know that we can't put God in a box. Why should we put ourselves in a box? He's so much bigger. And if the Spirit of God is leading us outside of the box to do something, you guys want to be open to that? You want to have the freedom to do that? Absolutely. And the Spirit of God will do that for us. He helps us to obey Okay? You guys ever flesh out so bad? You're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And his Holy Spirit just falls on you. It's just like, thank you, Lord. You know? Because I was just about to tell them what's up. And you shut my mouth. You know? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Um, He transforms us. He lives in us. Oh, I missed a cool one. He calls for Jesus' return at the end of Revelation. That's pretty cool. So he lives in us, he frees us, he renews us. Man, you guys ever feel like you're getting renewed day by day? I do. Especially the older I get. (laughs) Just one of those things, just like, yeah. This outward man, it might be perishing. I know it's falling apart. I know things are falling off. You (laughs) You know, I'm falling apart. But I feel, I can honestly say that my inner man, my spiritual man, I feel like I'm growing. I'm getting stronger, you know, and that's the way it should be. And I think about some of these saints that just go to the day they die. It's just like, how did you do that? You know, it's just like, wow, that's the Holy Spirit. It's one of those things, I don't think retirement's, you know, a scriptural thing. 
You know, I think it's cool if you've stewarded well and you're able to step away from that job just to be freed up to do something else God might have for you. That's what retirement really should look like. It's just like, God, what do you want? Because guess what? That never changes, whether you're retired or not. It's always, what do you want? <laughs> you know, that's what we do. Um, he produces fruit in us, okay? And God wants fruit that remains. You guys understand that? And his will, according to John 15, is that we bear much fruit, much fruit. And I want to encourage you guys we need to cultivate that to happen. There's some pruning. We need to cut some things out of our lives. We need to ask the Father, hey, you're the one who prunes. Prune me where it's needed, even if it hurts, okay, because you know best. And if that's going to produce more fruit down the line, let that be. Because, again, we are consumers. And so many people look at the church as what can I get. They're takers, takers, takers. God doesn't want us to be takers, he wants us to be givers. He wants us to grow up that we are fruitful. But I don't have much. Great. Watch out because God can do a whole lot with a little bit. Okay? I mean, we probably could share testimonies for hours and how God does that. That's our God. He's so upside down and backwards sometimes. How did that happen? That's God. Anyways, um, he gives us gifts. He leads us. He convicts us. And I want to encourage you guys, when it comes to him leading us, we need to follow him, but also give grace to others when they're being led by the Spirit of God because sometimes we feel like God is calling me to this and you need to be called to it too. <laughs> we got to be very careful. God put that in your heart and he's given you the gifts to do it and you're stepping out into it, and you're excited about it, that's awesome. I'll help, I'll pray, but that's not maybe what God has for me too. And if he calls me over here and leads me to something else, you gotta give me grace, and we need to give grace to other people in that. As a pastor, one of the hardest things I have is when somebody comes, hey, the Lord's leading me to leave the church. What? How could you leave Freedom Fellowship? Do you not know this is the best church ever? Come on! Why would anybody want to leave? And it's really hard sometimes because it's just like, you know what? That's the Lord's deal. If he really is leading you on. I know some people have left for other reasons besides the leading and they'll spiritualize their leaving as the Lord's leading me and obviously they're not. But sometimes you genuinely, nope, this is God calling you on. He has something else. And it's one of those things, hey, we will pray for you, we will encourage you, we will send you out. Awesome. Um, he convicts us. How many of you guys like the conviction of the Holy Spirit? I do. You know, shame and guilt really suck. But when the Spirit's involved in those things, it's beautiful. It gets us back on track. So don't let your shame and your guilt destroy you, Okay. That's not why God allows those things. There is a healthy guilt and a healthy shame that should redirect us. And repentance is beautiful, guys. He also sanctifies us. Isn't that cool? You guys remember last week we looked at the spirit, that the word itself is spirit and truth? You guys remember looking at that verse with me? John 17, 17, you can jot down. Jesus said, sanctify them in truth. My word is truth. Okay. 
His word will do that. He will change us. You know, that's why we're taking this time on Tuesday nights, just to take some time going through the word. Why? Because it will sanctify us. I can tell you guys personally, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is really upped the last month in preparation for this. Just me spending time in his word, okay? I was telling my sister before, we listened to a podcast uh, that we both like, and there was somebody today who was being interviewed, an author, and I don't know, it probably just resonated with me more because I've been spending time in the scriptures around the Holy Spirit because he was laying down some Holy Spirit truths in the life of the Christian, and I'm just grabbing a hold of everything he's saying, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, amen. I got to pause, and I got to pray about that right now, Lord, because I want that in my life. I want you to do that through me. Man, Jesus be glorified, you know? All right, let's play. Let's see what's what's next, you know? Um, Yeah, so it's one of those things, the word of God will sanctify us. So let the word work in you. Also, he empowers us, Acts 1-8, as we looked at. He unites us, okay? A lot of people like to throw around the unity word within the body of Christ because isn't that what Jesus prayed for in John 17, that we'd all be one? Do you guys know that we are one in him? It's because of him. And if we forsake him and we're trying to find unity in anything else but Jesus, it's not the unity of the Bible any longer, guys. It has to be in him. And so many people are scared to cross denominational lines. I'm okay with that if our fellowship, our unity is found in Jesus. You know, but if it's going to be in some agenda, (laughs) uh, that's not what Jesus has called us to. But it's the Holy Spirit that does that. And that's what I so love. How many of you guys have gone to retreats or conferences and you're meeting new believers you haven't met before and there's just a sweetness in the spirit. There's a unity. It's beautiful, you know? But that's the Holy Spirit working. Also, guys, he unites us. He seals us, okay? Uh, He gives us access to the Father. He enables us to wait, okay? We get pretty pushy, And when I see people getting pushy, it's just like, you're not in the spirit. (laughs) Knock it off, you know. The spirit of God will wait, okay. Love is patient. The fruit of the spirit is love. And he casts out demons. I hope you guys don't have to experience that. But if you ever see a demon manifest in somebody, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world, okay. You have authority in the name of Jesus, The Holy Spirit is in you. Where there is light, there cannot be darkness, okay? And he does cast out demons. I've seen it firsthand, and it is beautiful when somebody is set free because Satan wants to destroy. He wants to keep, oh, man, yeah. There's a few beautiful testimonies of people who've been delivered. They are loving Jesus today. They have children who are loving Jesus today. It is just so cool. Can I share one demon-possessed story real quick? And it's not even one that I was a part of, okay? Um, It just touched my heart big time because um, I did a lot of preaching, uh, evangelizing in the city in which this man was the, um, I don't know if you call him a cult leader. There was a Satanist church there in Spital, Austria, um, and he was the head guy of that, and I went to I went to college over in Austria there, and this was one of the bigger cities around the end of the lake, 
Um, and we would go down there. The train station was there. A lot of shops were there. So we'd go down and we'd do a lot of street preaching. Very hard. Nobody there open to Jesus. I mean, it was just one of those things, very hard ground. Well, he made it up. Sonny was still over there. I got engaged, and she went back because she had an internship to do. I'm like, whatever. Anyways, she was following where the Lord was leading. So she went back, and a good friend of mine um, met the Satanists. They actually got together to have a conversation at the castle at the Bible college. Okay, And as they were having a conversation, the demon manifested itself big time. They called a few of the teachers in. They cast, a, they cast a demon out of this young man. And, the, and from what I was told, this young man was just in awe, you know, because he got back up on his feet once he was delivered of the demon. And he looks out the window. And this is, this is in the Alps over there, guys. It's beautiful. Huge lake, mountains everywhere. It's just the most beautiful place on planet Earth. And that's exactly what he said. He said, I, I've never seen this before. This is so beautiful. I mean, he was so entrapped by the enemy, he couldn't even see what was really going on around him. But the thing is, guys, the Holy Spirit is at work today. And there is a spirit of this world that is also at work. And the last thing, and <laughs> this is a little insight, and I'll close with this thought because we're two minutes over already. Um, <clears throat> One thing Satan, I, I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of things that Satan wants to do with us, and we're not ignorant of his schemes, amen? Okay, the Bible makes it very clear. But I do believe the biggest thing that Satan wants to stop or do in any of our lives, as Christians especially, is keeping us from what God is calling us to. I believe that is the one thing that he works overtime on, is he wants to stop you from doing what God is calling you to do. So I encourage you, be sensitive to the Spirit, be yielded to the Spirit, pray into what God is asking of you, calling you to, and just be obedient. And it might be something that's overwhelming. Well, guess what? He's a big God. If he's asking you, have faith. He'll give you the power. <laughs> He'll give you of his Spirit. He'll give you everything that's needed to do what he's asking. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we're thankful. Just for this time again tonight, thank you so much for the working of your spirit. And we would ask of you, Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would keep us teachable. Open our eyes. Help us to see uh, just more of who you are, God. And we know that you always point us back to Jesus, God, and it's so good for us to fix our eyes upon him. And we do want to be about your business, Heavenly Father. So would you please just work in it and through us for your glory. God, keep us in that sweet spot that we are just in constant fellowship with one another. I pray that we would make our calling and election sure. God, and as a church family here, may we stir each other up, encourage each other. God, be praying for one another. I know that there's so much that you are up to and it is a privilege, God, to be a part of it, Lord, to do our part, no matter how small or big, whatever it is, Lord, we want to be faithful. Lord, so please, establish and do for your glory. Amen? Amen.